it is so good to look out and see all of you today. You know, it's been said that it makes a world of difference whether someone is dead or alive. Would you agree with that? It makes a world of difference whether someone is dead or alive. As I was marveling over that statement and reflecting over the last several weeks, I, I was taken back to a book by one of my professors and mentors in seminary, and he had this to say in light of that. That's why the most important question about Jesus is whether he is dead or alive. If he is dead, the memory of his life and accomplishments may still exert a significant influence, but his words and actions have ended. His life is over, finished, complete. The dead lie still. But if he is alive, then everything is radically different. He can show up on our doorstep, do new things, surprise, confront, encourage, instruct us, encounter us as one living person encounters another. And he goes on to write, To be a Christian is to believe and confess that Jesus is alive. For everyone else, no matter how much he is admired, Jesus is still a dead man. For Christians, he is the living one. Amen? Amen. We need to remember that today, don't we? We need to be reminded of that today. And so I invite you, as we continue in worship today, to turn back to that first Easter morning and to turn back to the account as Luke recalls it in his gospel account in chapter 24. And you can read along or listen or pull out your Bible app and, and, and follow with me. But I'm going to read the first 12 verses of chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself, what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we pause. God, I believe that whether we got drug here or not, you called us into this moment to hear from you. 
So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be active in and amongst this group of people. Lord, that we would be open, whether we're questioning, seeking, professing, or just wondering today. Lord, that we would encounter you in a real and profound way. So Lord, as we meditate upon your words, may our eyes and our ears and our minds be open to you. I ask all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You know, I will never forget the day that my grandfather died. And this is my mom's dad's death. He died peacefully at home with several family members gathered around him. I was privileged to be amongst those that day when he took his last breath. I can remember, though, right after they took his body out of the home that we kind of flipped our minds to getting the house back to normal. You ever done that? And we got the hospital bed out of there. We got the medical equipment out of there. We got the ramp that helped you get into the den out of there. We wanted to get everything back to normal. You know, grief has a funny way of dealing with us, doesn't it? As if putting the house back to normal meant that life was going to be back to normal. <laughs> no. My grandfather died that day. And our mind, upon trying to put the house back to normal, was focused on one thing and one thing only, and that was to make sure that he had a proper burial. And that in the process of that, that we would somehow find some kind of closure in the midst of our own grief and the journey that we had been on walking alongside him. You know, I can't help but think that those women on that first day were much the same way. You see, these women that we read about today, they had been there with Jesus when he took his last breath. Only it wasn't anything but peaceful. No. If you were here Friday, you remember how he struggled mightily upon the cross. And it wasn't in a privacy of a home, but rather he had been hung high and made a public spectacle for everyone to see. You see, I can't imagine what their grief must have been like. But they, too, wanted to make sure that Jesus had a proper burial. They had prepared spices and perfumes. And if we look back a few verses from what we read today, we notice that they took notice that Joseph of Arimathea had, had asked for the body of Jesus and had hastily begun to bind it in linens, burial linens, in places in the tomb before the sun went down. Because you see, when the sun went down, the Sabbath was to begin and no work could be done, not even being able to put a person buried in the ground. And so these women would have to wait. They would have to wait. And so we find ourselves, as what we read today, early, very early on the first morning, on the first day of the week. And they're going to finish the drill, if you will. They're, they're taking those perfumes, they're taking those oils, and they're going in to prepare the body. The, the, their way of honoring the death of Jesus, and in some way trying to find closure, they go to the tomb very early on that next morning. Only when they walk into that tomb, Jesus' body is nowhere to be found. You see, no one goes into the grave expecting someone to rise out of it, do they? They don't. Amen to that. 
But this day they did. And, and so we find these women there in this tomb, and out of nowhere, two men wearing white clothes that are beaming white and, and like lightning show up. And I don't know about you, but I'd be hightailing out of there squealing like a schoolgirl if they showed up. I would. But not these women. No, out of the fear, as we read, and perhaps a little out of awe, they're bowed down. They're bowed down. And they hear one of these angels say to them a very profound question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And then goes on to proclaim, he is not here, he is risen. And in that moment, we then, as we continue to read, we notice that perhaps somehow they have forgotten something. They have forgotten Jesus' own words. Because what is it that Luke gives us? He says, the, the men go on to say, remember? Remember what he told you when he was still with you in Galilee? That the Son of Man would be handed over to the hands of sinners? That he would be crucified on the third day he would be raised again? These words of Jesus... Must have been words many had heard because Matthew, Mark, and Luke capture those words of Jesus. And in what we read today, Luke says it's upon hearing this anew that the women remember. They remember. And so what do they do? They go back to the rest that are in mourning, distraught. And they go and tell them what they've seen and what they've heard. But you see, these apostles are much like the women at first. Perhaps they, too, had forgotten. They didn't believe the women that morning. Only Peter, according to Luke's gospel, gets up and runs to the tomb for himself and is left wondering what has happened. What has happened? You know, I can't help but wonder if we come to this Easter morning much in the same way that the women came to the tomb on that first Easter morning. You see, they came there in grief. They came there in the midst of loss. And I can't help but that we today come together in the midst of experiencing our own sense of loss and mourning. And grieving. You see, some of us have forgotten what it's like to dream, haven't we? Some of us are grieving the loss of health that we once had or that of a loved one. Some of us may be mourning the loss of a job. Some of us are dealing with brittleness or brokenness in our relationships, whether it be between spouses or between family members or between extended family, especially on Easter, right? You got crazy family coming to your house today? Or extended friends? Sometimes there's tension, isn't there? And we bring that to this day, don't we? You see, some of us perhaps are mourning what's come of the UMC, even that's me this morning some of us literally today are grieving the loss of a loved one who won't be at the table today and i think all of us 
can acknowledge that we are in mourning of what we're seeing unfold on the world stage. And in particular in the Ukraine, where, where perhaps even as we gather here freely, bombs are being dropped on innocent civilians. And you know, some of us perhaps are like Peter. You know, Peter was the one that denied Jesus three times just a couple days earlier and left in tears. You think, I think some of us are like him carrying the burden of have not been able to say, I'm sorry to someone we loved before they died or left our life and our sphere of influence. You see, if we're honest this morning, we come to Easter, all of us, in mourning or in grieving for something or for someone or a relationship that we have, don't we? And in that, perhaps we have forgotten that there is hope. And hope has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. Perhaps we need to come to the tomb just like the women did on that first morning and to realize that he is no longer there. That the living is not amongst the dead. That he indeed has risen. Amen. You see, I think we need to be reminded that we're Easter people. We're Easter people. We need to be reminded of Jesus' own words and be reminded of the fact that we can take him at his word. Words like, I am the resurrection and the life, that whoever believes in me shall never die, but whoever believes in me shall live even though they may die. You see, we need to be reminded that we're resurrection people. We need to be reminded that God's a God of second chances, amen? Amen. That because of the cross, we are forgiven. And we need to be reminded because of an empty tomb and his defeat of death that we are also people of freedom from sin. You see, we need to be reminded that God's power of resurrection far outweighs the power of sin and death. That as ill-fitting as the tomb was for Jesus on that day, it's just as ill-fitting for you and for me today, those of us that have faith in him. Whatever that tomb is that you have found yourself in. You, You see, we need to be reminded that those that have gone on and died before us placing their faith in Jesus Christ live on with the promise of everlasting life. We need to be reminded that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us, lives in you, lives in me. Called the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen to that? We need to be reminded of Jesus' words and promise that he would be with us to the end of the age. He is with us now, and he's coming back for us. You see, we need to be reminded that in the midst of a world that seems to be in a meltdown, all of the tragedy that we see, (laughs) in the midst of that, God's all about making all things new. We need to be reminded that in the midst of the reality that sometimes church is messy, it is, right? That the church that Jesus is building, that Jesus is building, 
never has, nor ever will be in jeopardy. And we need to be reminded that we are being invited into a mission, that life-giving, life-changing relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ to go share that to a world that has lost all sight of hope. You see, we need to be reminded that Easter changes everything, doesn't it? And it has the power to change your life and my life, too. Amen? And so my challenge this morning is a challenge I had to speak into my own life over this past week. And that's this. For those of us that have already said yes to Jesus today, my challenge is simply this, to remember to remember, to remember, to remember what it was like when you first said yes to Jesus, to remember the hope, to remember, remember the promise of a bright future and a life everlasting. If you see, I think some of us perhaps have forgotten that. And today is a day that we need to be reminded of the hope found in Jesus Christ. Now, for those of us here today that perhaps have yet to to place our faith in Jesus, maybe you're not quite sure who this Jesus is or you're on the fence as to who Jesus is and why would I put my faith and trust in him? My challenge to you today is this. Would you reach out to someone that's already said yes to him? Would you ask them how he has changed their life and their outlook and their understanding of their purpose? Because I promise you this, as much as he has changed their life, he desires to change yours too. He desires to change yours too. And for our confirmands today, Claire Bear being one of them, Carly's over here, we got Sonny and Story, where are y'all? Got a couple over over here. We have four young women that have been journeying through confirmation. And you know, in the ancient church, through the process of catechesis, you would come into the church on Easter morning. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Easter today than the way that y'all are preparing to do today. But I say this to you. This is the most important decision you ever make in your life. It's a decision that you won't only make today or yesterday, but also tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day for the rest of your life. It's a decision that will change your life. But you're just like everyone else that's already said yes to Jesus. There will be days when you will struggle. And you might need to be reminded of his grace, of his truth. And the beauty of community of believers is that we gather together like this to remind one another of that reality. So this Easter, this Easter, don't leave here without having remembered, having been reminded That Jesus is not among the dead. He's among the living. And that he desires to live and dwell within each and every one of us. 
He wants to bestow his grace and truth upon us all. But you know, Easter is not about simply gathering and remembering as we're doing in this moment. The women gathered at the tomb that morning. (laughs) But after they remembered what Jesus had said and witnessed what Jesus was doing, it was too good to keep to themselves. So don't let this day go by without texting or calling or knocking on the door of someone in your sphere of influence that you know of that has lost sight of hope. Because we have hope to share. His name is Jesus. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Oh, Almighty God. We come to this day with excitement, and yet, if we're honest, sometimes in many ways we have forgotten. We have forgotten the way in which you seek to heal our wounds. You desire to remove our shame and our guilt. You offer to allow us to walk in a newfound freedom with a profound purpose in our life. We need to remember the great sacrifice that you offered for all of humanity and the defeat of death and sin that you offer to each and every one of us. So God, for those relationships, for those situations in our life where we have forgotten of the hope found in you and the power to redeem, God, remind us this morning. Remind us anew of your hope. It's found through an empty tomb. And God, as we are reminded of that, may we boldly again step back into those circumstances and into those relationships and even into the strangers in the spheres of our life just like those women on that first day, and go and tell the great news. Because it's not for us to keep to ourselves. God, we come to this Easter. I come to this Easter grateful for the reminder. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done and all that you are doing and all that you promised to do. I ask all of this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen.